Henry sisters on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Welcome to CHN Radio. It is your boy Elijah Newsom. I'm flying solo today. Uh, Greg is in the midst of moving, and if you've ever moved before, uh, you know how hectic that can be. So he's like without Wi-Fi and packing boxes, and it was just a whole ordeal. So we're flying solo tonight, fam. Um, but yes, this is CHN Radio, the number one podcast for coming home Newcastle, and probably the number one podcast if you want to hear. A mixture of college football talk and Newcastle United talk because I feel like that's like the majority of what this podcast is. It's like some sort of playback to college football, and then we also talk about Newcastle. So, um, yeah. That being said, you can follow us on Twitter at chn underscore radio or um at coming home in UFC. Um, either one of those accounts are amazing follows filled with wonderful content produced by Greg and I. Uh, also, really funny stuff. Really funny stuff. Really fun arguments we get into with fans. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Follow us. And, uh, of course, if uh, you want to read any of our glorious work uh, produced by uh, some amazing writers that we have here on staff, um, including Greg and myself, um, you can check out comminghomenewcastle.com or just type in Coming Home Newcastle SB Nation or just Newcastle SB Nation. Um, but yeah, that was a mouthful. So today's episode, it is going to be about that Chelsea review. Um, obviously not a match that we won and we didn't draw. But I think it was a better match than a lot of people were expecting. And then we'll do a little quick preview of uh, Blackburn as we play them in the FA Cup. Um, literally when this podcast released. Like, this podcast will release the day we play them. So, it's a nice little nice little something for the fans. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's get in a little bit of club news. Uh, so, the U23s, uh, this is usually Greg's kind of ordeal. The U23s uh, beat West Brom's U23s 4-2. Um, Akraf Lazar and Yannick Toure were the stars of that match. Um, and as Greg pointed out, Sorensen did not play in the U23s match uh, because he was on international duty. Um, but yeah, Lazar, I think Lazar scored and Toure scored. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lazar did score. Um, and. Uh, Sean Longstaff's brother played Matty Longstaff. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and they beat West Brom's U23s, which seems like the battle of like the two worst academies <laughs> in the Premier League. And I guess we're not the worst. So that's good on us. Um, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, West Ham still interested in John Joe Shelby, um, which this was a story that came out a Maybe a week and a half ago, that they were showing interest in making a bid for West for uh, John Joe Shelby. Obviously, Rafa Benitez is not interested in in any sort of bid for John Joe Shelby. He's not even interested in bids for Isaac Hayden because he knows that he would need a replacement in mind. Um, 
And right now, it doesn't seem like Newcastle have any replacement. It doesn't seem like Newcastle are going to spend any money in January, and we'll get on that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so uh, you got that going. You got that going for us. Uh, another team interested in John Joe Shelby, and like I said, I don't think anything is going to happen. Um, I would be shocked if Mike Ashley just went and sold, or Lee Charlie went and sold John Joe without Rafa's uh, permission. It would be pretty bad move to do considering that they're currently trying to negotiate a contract extension with Rafa so that would be pretty dumb on them to do that uh, and also speaking of transfer news uh, we talked about Elias Sorensen uh, being having some interest um, for a potential loan move, loan move to Blackpool I almost I can, tried to combine the words loan move and Blackpool and I made loan mool so roast me reddit slash roast me um on Twitter and in the comments and in the reviews, which you guys will leave us five star reviews, so you better do that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Terry McPhillips came out. Uh, he was asked about his interest in Sorensen, and he said that they were this is a guy they're looking at. So just confirming that Blackpool is indeed is indeed interested in Elias Sorensen, um, which you know, cool. Uh, it'd be nice to see him go out on loan. You'd rather it be like a championship side, or you'd rather him get an opportunity. I think. Greg and I both really wanted him to have an opportunity to play tomorrow against uh, against Blackburn, but um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen since he's on international duty with the uh, Danish U23s. And uh, this is just another story we got. This one has really not much to do with Newcastle. Um, it's just kind of a, keep this on your radar. Uh, Miguel Almiron reported today for a, a preseason for Atlanta United. Um the only reason this is relevant is that he wasn't really ever supposed to report for preseason. Um, it's kind of, uh, kind of just shows how incompetent Newcastle are at completing deals. Uh, this was something that was supposed to be done at the beginning of January. All Newcastle do had the match was to match the price, and it seems like Newcastle are not willing to do that. And it looks like this deal is going to fall through. Um, kind of like we've predicted, we were shocked when all these reports came out that Almiron was linked to Newcastle and that we could actually make a have a, a fair bit uh, ha- have a fair chance at landing him and like we all thought it doesn't look likely it really doesn't look likely um, by any means uh, and I think the frustrating thing is that we're now hearing uh, from his agent Donny Campos that like if nothing's done by the 15th, they're going to start looking at other options because they need to get this deal done. So they're going to start looking to Spain. They're going to start looking to Germany, other other uh, other leagues that have interested teams and in Miguel. And uh, it, it's a shame because Miguel wants to play in England and Newcastle are that avenue to play in England. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen only because of the incompetence of our owner, Mike Ashley. And speaking of our owner, um, Rio Ferdinand, before uh, um, before this this past match against Chelsea, uh, took a lot of shots that were pretty bad, um, and I would say, well, not only bad but just wrong and unnecessary shots um, at uh, at Newcastle United and specifically at Rafa Benitez, um, and. <laughs> And and I don't. We'll talk about this way more when Greg gets back on. But this is just kind to. It's just kind of just, just. I don't know. You you poke the bear and like this is what's going to happen. And this is like a, a subject that I think pundits by now and they've kind of shut up on it. 
have realized like you don't talk about Newcastle and take the side of Mike Ashley because all you're going to do is get a bunch of angry fans coming at you, and that's exactly what happened. So Rio Ferdinand, uh, his initial statements were, uh, I understand Rafa's frustrations because as a manager, you want the ability to go out and spend money, but they're not in that position. Um, at the same time, I understand Mike Ashley. Why is he going to spend more and more money, millions and millions of pounds, when he's actually looking to sell the club? He's got them to a point now where they're back in the Premier League and they're consolidating consolidating to a certain extent. He's not going to spend his own money. You wouldn't go spend your own money knowing you were trying to sell something unless you knew you were going to get that back. It's not easy to sell a football club. He's got a price and he's going to wait to get it. He spent a lot of money on that football club. He's just not going to spend it this time. All these fans, they do dream, and they dream big, and I understand that. What are Newcastle's aims? They can't be aiming at being a Man United or Man City. They got to aim to be a Bournemouth. They only just started spending. Spending. I'm only saying everything that they, they're doing is correct. I'm not saying everything they're doing is correct. What I'm saying is I think Mike Ashley, you can't hammer him in and say that he should be spending what he wants to sell the club. Uh, you wouldn't spend on your house when you want to sell it, which... There was a lot wrong with that, and I, fair play to the guy who's hosting that show. I don't know his name. I I really do not know any BBC pundits like who are not actual uh, footballers. Um, but he was like, "Hey, uh, yes, you would spend money on your house if you're trying to spell it, sell it. A lot of people spend money renovating and bringing the their house up to code, all that kind of stuff, in order to spend money. But um, we'll get into our personal opinions." on it, but uh, I'll just read some of the reactions from other people, so uh, Luke Edwards, uh, he he uh, he said, still trying to ignore the facts, they sold Wijnaldum for $25 million, Sissoko for $30 million, and Townsend for $14 million. and it's also irrelevant, um, and this is in regards to uh, how he, I think he was claim. this is in response to Rio claiming that Newcastle have went out and bought big players or something like that or spent money. And basically Luke is saying, we sold all those players and we've ended, <laughs> we ended the last Premier League window, 20 million pounds in prop and profit. He's, and he says, it's like a parent saying you can't have new shoes because I spent 70 pounds two years ago. And, uh, George Calkin said he liked Rio's comment about NUFC being a yo-yo club, which they weren't until Ashley arrived, brought in directors who told the manager to look up new signings on YouTube and then appointed Pep Guardiola's mentor, <laughs> Joe Kenner, and then did it again. But fans should be grateful. So just more shots at that. Um, that mo- a lot of people came, said that we were 144 million pounds in debt, which, um, I have, I have no idea, uh, like <laughs> why Rio Ferdinand just refuses to believe that Alan Shearer responded and he is, it looks like he has since deleted his tweets on it. And I'm going to try to find those real quick. Um, yeah. Cause he, he like, he said some stuff. Um, and then it looks like that he, his, uh, his tweets have been deleted. I was looking down. Um, <laughs> Because Rio Ferdinand, I think this was in response to this, when they went down, he spent $50 million of his own money to get them back up. And that's actually what Luke was responding to, is the money spent, that £50 million, pounds, was immediately turned into profit as soon as uh, Newcastle could. Um, could. And uh, Shearer said, because um, Rio Ferdinand uh, tweeted this morning, Newcastle fans, good morning to you. 
Uh, your club's turning a profit, no debt, and oh, playing in the Premier League. Terrible. And Alan Shearer said last club accounts tell you that they're over 140 million pounds in debt. So there's a lot of people responding to that. And then to make it even worse, Richard Keyes came out and said Rafa should be spending his own money, which just... I don't even have a response to that. That's just... That's like a new level of stupidity that hasn't been reached by a pundit. And like... Leave it to Richard Keys to 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 do that. I just I I I have no words, and so I'm sure Greg has a lot of opinions and will be saying a lot of things when he returns to the pod. Um, but for now, that's the news that I have for uh have for you all. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving on to this Chelsea review. So um, as we all know, uh, Newcastle ended up losing this match two one. Um, with Pedro and Willian providing the goals for Chelsea and Kieran Clark providing a goal for Newcastle. Um, currently, that moved Chelsea. Uh, it didn't really move them all. Chelsea is now sitting in fourth place as they were, and Newcastle are sitting in 18th on 18 points uh, in the relegation zone, um, but four points clear of Fulham and seven points clear of Huddersfield, who have just uh, fired their manager or mutually parted ways with their manager this morning. So it should be interesting to see which uh, former Newcastle manager they will bring in, uh, whether it be Pardew or Allardyce, <laughs> to uh, save them again. Maybe get a little John Carver action. I don't know. Um, so uh, Newcastle are one point behind Cardiff, which means that this week's matchup is going to be huge. Um, but basically, if Newcastle win again, they can get back into like they can basically go into like fifteenth and uh, leapfrog Burnley if if results hold, if results go their way, they would at least get out of the relegation zone. Uh, but um, yeah, so a win this weekend would be crucial. But first, uh, they have to take on Blackburn. So um, just looking at the lineups that uh, the teams put out. So uh, Newcastle went with five in the back with Dubravka in goal, uh, Lejeune, Lascelles, and Clark playing, Richie and Yedlin uh, playing. Uh, as wingbacks, Isaiah Perez was outside um, as a winger, um, and Atsu was at playing as a winger as well, with Longstaff uh, getting his Premier League debut start, and Hayden in the middle, uh, with Rondon up top. Uh, Chelsea went with a kind of rotated lineup, a little bit of a rotated lineup, um, as a Azubagababa, it was in goal, obviously, uh, no one can say his name. Uh, David Luiz, uh, Rudiger were their center backs. Azipuqueleta, I cannot say his name to save my life. And Alonso were their uh, their left and right backs. Uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, and Conte were their midfield three with Hazard, Willian, and Pedro uh, playing as their front three. So didn't start Morata. Still started Hazard in the midst of transfer rumors. Obviously, Czech Fabregas did not really make an appearance. Um, the the bench for uh, for Chelsea was uninspiring as well. They had Christensen, was probably the best player they had in the bed besides Barkley and Giroud. Uh, Hudson Odoi made his uh, made, made an appearance as well, despite his uh, current transfer rumors surrounding him, uh, linking him to Bar- Bayern Munich or basically linking him to leave the club. He still played. Um, so anyway, um, so we'll hop into some of the match events. Um, so. Uh, Newcastle, of course, played without John Joe Shelby, Mo Diame, Paul Dummett, and of course, uh, Key, 
Ki Sung Young and Yoshi and Yoshinori Muto. Um, and Kennedy, of course, couldn't face his parent club, so it was a heavily rotated Newcastle team. Uh, Sean Longstaff, as we know, was handed his first start. Uh, Florian Lejeune made his return to the Premier League um, and played pretty well, to be honest. Um, so early on in the game, in the ninth minute, I think we were all super scared uh, after the ninth minute um, about how bad this could be as uh, David Luiz played a wonderful over-the-top ball to Pedro, and he chipped uh, Martin Dubrovka from about 10, 10, 10 or 12 yards out probably. Um and just lofted over Dubrovka. There was really nothing Dubrovka could do. He had decent positioning, all that kind of stuff. Um, so and Pedro just simply, I don't know. When you have when you have that talent, you have that talent. And Newcastle don't have that talent. Um, but anyway, uh, surprisingly, Newcastle reacted pretty well and um, did not really let uh, Chelsea dominate them, um, which is what you know you kind of we kind of were all scared of. Um, was like, hey, this could turn into something really ugly. This could turn into something pretty bad. And as well as like, as, as Chelsea did overall dominate possession, but Newcastle still were having chances and making a run of it when they got the ball, which was something that you like to see. Um, but yeah, um, they had a few chances. Uh, Lejeune had a volley um, off of a uh, really weird clearance from Azipueta. As a piliqueta, as a piliqueta. That that is definitely nice. As a piliqueta, as a piliqueta, as a piliqueta. Hey, as a piliqueta, as a pil. Somebody turned that into a ringtone. That'd be fine. Um. Anyway, so Lejeune had a, a nice volley. Uh, uh, and it just that was it was saved. Um. <laughs> uh, Atsu and Rondon created a, a nice chance. Um. And uh. Rondon barely missed the target. Uh, Pedro almost had another goal. Uh, he had a long, he like took a shot from pretty far out, and uh, and Dubrovka easily saved it. Um, and then right after that, Rondon flicked the ball into the path of Iose Perez, who missed. So that was cool. Um, but United did do something that uh, exposed the weakness that I feel like hadn't really been exposed. Um, and for for Chelsea this whole season, which was like their set piece defending, and Chelsea, I guess you could say they have smaller defenders. I don't, I don't really, I don't know. It's just they did not do well handling set pieces. And uh, Kieran Clark uh, headed Matt Ritchie's corner home. Kieran Clark became in that moment like the second highest scorer on the team behind Rondon. So that's disappointing. Um, so yeah, uh, and then uh, so that tied up one one, which gave a lot of Newcastle fans a lot of hope. I was shocked. I, we got to the point um, I was bored by the game, and so I actually started tweeting out song lyrics from the coming of Newcastle account, and I actually got a lot of heat for this because I tweeted out song lyrics, and then we scored, and I was like, oh, I might as well stop tweeting out song lyrics. And of course, I stopped tweeting out song lyrics, and then in the fifty seventh minute, um, Willian uh, had just like. I don't even know what you could do. It was, he cuts in and then he just curls. He cuts in from like the left hand side, like, and then just with his right foot <laughs> curls in this gorgeous ball that that uh, hits off the the far post and goes in for a goal. And it's just like literally nothing anyone can do. And Chelsea are up two one. And then I started tweeting song lyrics way too late. Um, 
and uh, there was a there was a bit of a shot for a penalty when uh, Perez went down um, from Rudiger. I thought it was a bit of a flop. I didn't really think it was that big of a deal in terms of penalties. Um, I thought like there were there's better cases throughout the season to make than that for a penalty. So I just I wouldn't say I didn't buy it, but I just wasn't like a. I just didn't. I wasn't. I was. I guess I was upset that we didn't get rewarded a penalty, but I could see how the ref was like, eh, not a penalty. So, um, anyway, uh, in the 81st minute, we Newcastle had a few chances. They, they kind of began going for it at the end of the game and really trying to get this draw. Chelsea decided to really settle. Uh, they subbed on Hudson Odoi. They Giroud had already come on at that point. Um, they really, yeah, they they kind of settled settled down. Um, at that that point. Yandre Yedlin, after this, after the 81st minute, was subbed off after not really having a great performance tonight. Jose Perez was subbed off for Jacob Murphy, um, but Richie had a shot uh, that went wide in the 81st minute, and then um, Rondon had a had a uh, had a header that was off target in the 86th minute, and then the game ended on a really solemn note as as a uh, Literally, like, in into injury time, we had all of our center backs up forward, and we've got a corner, and we know, like, this is our chance to score. This is our chance to tie it. Um, we've got three center backs in the box. We've got Solomon Rondon in the box. We've got all the aerial dual threat, like, that we could possibly need. We just need to get the ball in the box. And Newcastle go and play a short corner. Matt Ritchie to Christian Atsu, and it's just, like, Peter's out. Um, someone comes in and like tackles that. So I don't, it was just bad. And it was like, left a lot of fans questioning, like, why didn't we just swing the ball in? And, uh, I'm asking myself the same question to this day. It, it made no sense to go short corner there. Um, I, I think the, the goal, um, was to get some movement in the box and let that develop at, at like you play, you play the ball short and then you get some movement in the box, let someone get free and then swing it in. But it ended on an anticlimactic note as Newcastle go on to lose 2-1. So looking at stats, uh, I mean, I really don't know what Greg does for stats. So I'll just say this. Chelsea dominated us in in possession 66% to 34%. Um, I would say Perez wasn't good. (laughs) Uh, He had like a 76% uh, pass pass completion rate. Uh, 43 touches and uh, zero. <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong person. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that was the right person. And one shot, uh, no, no shots on target, as you know, and which is just not good for an attacking midfielder. As you, I mean, he was playing more of a winger, uh, this this time around, but it's still stuff you just he's just frustrating. And I think a lot of fans have just kind of really had it, had it with uh, I was a um, yeah. <laughs> He had five unsuccessful touches, which I don't that which has led the entire game actually in in unsuccessful touches. So that's like the exact opposite of what you want to see. Uh, yeah, he led the entire game in unsuccessful touches. Uh, actually, Eden Hazard had six, but Eden Hazard had an assist, so it kind of bounces out. So um, anyway, uh, so I guess those are your stats. Uh, Newcastle had nine shots, ten shots uh, for Chelsea, two shots on target for Newcastle, six for Chelsea, uh, 85% pass success for uh, Chelsea, 73 for Newcastle. Um, Newcastle 
with only 35% of the aerial dual success, despite being the better aerial team in some in in like many people's opinions of 65%. Obviously, Newcastle had the advantage in tackles, 22 to 18, as they were defending pretty much the entire game. So, um, let's see. Um, and so we'll look at some quotes from Rafa's presser. Um, so. I'll say that. So Rafa said he did not hold any conversation with Mike Ashley so far today. He said, I've had conversations with Lee Charling because he was asked about Mike Ashley, who made an appearance at the match. Um, he said the Rafa also said that we did well for quite a while. The players care. The effort is there. Um, and Rafa also said this year is quite difficult when you have the top sides around. Normally you can use it, lose these games. And it depends on the other ones. If we fight like we did Today against the other teams, we will pick up the points that we deserve. So basically saying that um, I've done this before, i.e. last season, and I know that you can lose matches like this to some of these top flight teams as long as you play with the same tenacity against some of these uh, mid-table to lower table teams. Basically giving yourself a better goal differential, and then also if you play with that same tenacity against these lower league teams, you should smash them 3-0, 4-0. And so basically saying Newcastle, if they play to this level that they played, they should not get relegated. Um, and so Rafa was also saying that we must stay calm because we have Cardiff in the league next week just to be sure the effort and team spirit is the same as this one for every player. Um, Sorry said that uh, he was that Newcastle were causing Chelsea some issues. He said, I'm very happy with the result. Today started well, but after the goal, we thought it would be easy, but it wasn't. At the end of the first half, we were in trouble. It's basically saying, you know, Newcastle, uh, they played well. Um, and Rafa said, we can't complain about the players. If when you're playing a very good team, sometimes these things can happen. We made a mistake. But to be fair, William was great, and we had to make a double effort. To be fair, we cannot complain about what the players were doing on the pitch. So basically saying, uh, yeah, they have good players, but we can't complain about that. But then Rafa then says, we were talking about these kind of passes and we didn't react well to it. But as you can see, reaction team, we made a couple big mistakes with the first goal and the first goal after we scored. Uh, but overall, we were fine a lot of parts of the games. Always I talk about final third decisions. William or Hazard or Pedro can make the difference, and they have. So basically, he I wouldn't say he reneged on what he just said, but he kind of was like, secretly saying hey yeah i know we can't complain about the quality of our players but we can at least focus on like the fact that the quality of their players are just like so 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 great when you have william pedro and hazard as your front three like you're bound to get a goal from one of those three and they got a goal from two of them so um and then the last quote that we'll kind of touch on is well uh rafa was very impressed along with sean longstaff he did very well and he's a young player and did very well that is what he said about sean longstaff so that moves on to our best player my best player um honestly sean longstaff i think that he was thrown directly into the fire and I think if you have to go with a midfielder for Cardiff, and if Diame's fit and Shelby's not fit, you go Longstaff and Diame. Uh, Longstaff played well. He looked comfortable out there. He was able to complete some passes. He was able to get involved in attack going forward. I just think that for someone so young who was thrown directly into the fire, he's kind of proven that Rafa should keep him around. And maybe this turns the tide and we see Rafa give him some more chances and maybe we can see some different midfielder looks, some different midfield looks. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought Sean Longstaff played pretty well. Um, I guess another person of note, uh, Karen Clark, and the back line were great. Karen Clark just overall was a guy who, um, and I've touched on this, just 
did not does not has not played at a lot this season. But when he has gotten the opportunity to play, he's usually played well. And this was another another you know situation like that. I mean, obviously he scored, but defending wise, he didn't look lost. He didn't look out of place. And same with Lejeune, who. Uh, literally is returning from an ACL injury and just didn't look like he really missed anything. So I thought they both played well and LaSalle's played better than I thought he has been playing. He had been playing. So that was good to see as well. Um, on to worst players, um, DeAndre Yedlin and Iose Perez stick out. Yedlin looked a bit lost at times, um, really had trouble dealing with uh, some of the Chelsea wingers. Um, and even when, you know, guys like Conte were getting out wide, uh, he had issues dealing with them, so um, he he. Uh, you could blame, you could somewhat honestly blame the uh, like some of the the lapses in defense, especially with like Willian um, and some of the chances Willian had almost solely on DeAndre. He was getting beat really easily, and you hate to see that from right back. It was just not a good game from him. And Isaiah Paris just continued to really be ineffective, and he missed a sitter. So. Um, it's just not a great game from him, um, but and he was definitely frustrating and running around and just not really performing to like the standard that you would expect a Premier League player to perform at. So, um, just not great performance from Iose, um in that regard. So, um, so yeah, that's that. And like I said, Newcastle are sitting 18th right now with Blackburn tomorrow, which is a game that you kind of really don't care about per se. Um, you, I think Newcastle could be more focused on. Uh, the Cardiff City matchup that they have this week. And so, moving on to Blackburn. Um, as you guys know, Blackburn, uh, we play them FA Cup. Um, last time we played Blackburn, uh, we drew <laughs> uh, 1-1 thanks to a uh, Matt Ritchie. Uh, he won... <laughs> He won us a penalty. Well, no, Iose won us a penalty, and Matt Ritchie converted the penalty. If I have that, I think that's right. Oh, well, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I guess it matters to some people, but um, but yeah. Uh, so we're playing them, and it looks like uh we will have a uh, we'll have a pretty rotated squad. Uh, for this um, this matchup against Blackburn, as we travel uh, to their to their stadium, um, so it looks like uh, it, it looks like um, like guys like Cal Roberts, who had who's um, who makes a lot of makes a lot of appearances for the U twenty three. Looks like he's going to be playing. Um, Rafa's hinted at Jamie Sterry is probably going to play. Um, and Sean Longstaff's probably going to play another match there. Um, Freddie Woman, Freddie Woodman's probably going to get another start, and uh, Nathan Harker going to are going to start. Uh, but other than that, uh, we know Shelby Diame and Dummett will not be there. Um, so your potential lineup is probably going to look something like this, uh, something like a four in the back. Um, with I wouldn't be surprised if we're playing uh, Mankio out. Uh, out at uh, left back, I think Richie's going to be captaining again. Um, it does not matter who we play in the middle. Maybe uh, Lejeune plays again uh, alongside Cher um, just to give them some run uh, and rest up some guys for uh, for Cardiff. I think Jamie Sterry, of course, is going to play uh, right back. Uh, Cal Roberts is probably going to play on one of the wings, probably, probably the left wing spot. I, I don't know. 
well, whoever wing spot he doesn't play, Matt Ritchie's probably going to play. And captain, I, I think we could see Hayden and uh, Longstaff in the middle of the pitch again um, with, oh, I don't even know who's going to be up top. Maybe Hosselu. You would hope Sorensen, but I don't think he's going to be available. So probably be Hosselu up top. Um, and uh, I don't know who will play at the number 10. Maybe Kennedy again at the number 10. Maybe Jacob Murphy. Um, maybe Matt Ritchie. So I think that... Uh, I think Kennedy will probably play this game just to get some legs back on him, get some confidence back on on him. But it'll be quite a young squad, um, and I and uh, and so um, yeah, uh, and they will be traveling to Blackburn to play. Um, and so I genuinely think that Newcastle um, has a chance to beat Blackburn, um, but I do think we're going to play a pretty rotated squad, like I said. And um, we play Wofford in the next round, so. There's motivation to win and move on because it is the FA Cup and you should care about cup competitions. But you also see the perspective of just like losing this match. And Rafa says he's going to put out a, a nice first team and he's not going to put out a team that's going to just roll over and lose. He's going to put out a team that's going to be capable of winning. Um, but you can kind of see where Rafa cares way more about the fact they're in the relegation zone rather than the fact that like we have to play this FA Cup match. So, um, so I would be I'd be shocked if we send you know really serious guys out there to play or if uh, you know guys play the whole match. Um, just some quick stats for you pertaining to this matchup. <clears throat> Ooh. So uh, this is a weird one. Um, so Blackburn have won just two of their F twelve FA Cups. Cup match against Newcastle. They've drawn four and lost six. Both of those victories have come at home, winning 4-1 in 1927 and 28, and 1-0 in 1992. Uh, Blackburn haven't lost Newcastle in their last three meetings. They have two wins and a draw. Um, Newcastle have already taken to a replay in the third round of FA Club for the second time in the last three seasons. Um, the last time they did it, they progressed past Birmingham City in 2016. Um, and Blackburn have lost their last three FA Cup ties against Premier League opponents since beating Stoke 4-1 in the fifth round in 2014-2015. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of the stats we have for them. It looks like this should be a Blackburn win, but I am going to predict that it will be a Newcastle win. Um, I think Newcastle are going to win 2-0. Uh, I think... I don't know who's... I think Richie's going to score. Uh, maybe... Whatever winger we play, whether it be Atsu or Murphy, I think they're going to score. I don't think we're going to get a lot of goals from up top. Hoslu is playing. If Hoslu scores, that'd be nice. Get some confidence back. But I'm not really expecting Hoslu to do a whole, a whole lot in this match. But I do think Newcastle will win this one comfortably. And I do want to point out that I did get the Chelsea score right. I said we'd lose 2-1, and we did. So let's get this hot streak going. Um, but yeah, so that is that. So we reviewed Chelsea, we previewed Blackburn, and so now we're going to move on to our favorite segment, a question segment uh, brought to you by Fubo TV. And this time, I'm going to have a much better time explaining Fubo TV to you than the last time because that was a hot mess. Um, so uh, Fubo TV, of course, is the streaming service for every single sporting event you could possibly imagine. Uh, they've got tons of channels, hundreds of channels for you to watch all the international sporting events to, that your little heart can 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 contain uh, anything from international soccer to cricket 
to baseball to football to basketball you can watch it with fubo tv it's super cheap they've got plans starting at really low rates and of course if you use our sign up link uh that'd be greatly appreciated because um <laughs> if you if you get what i'm saying you know there might be a little some 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 in it for us so definitely use our link um and yeah i, I think fubo tv is great um I actually convinced my dad to buy it, so um, I've been using his Fubo TV, and I love it. So uh, that's what you do when you're broke and you're a college student. So um, yeah, so uh, we got some questions. Uh, we have one question actually from the Goat, the official questionnaire of the podcast. Um, you guys know him. You guys love him. Um, and his name, of course, is Trevor Mooney. He said, Red Rover draft, all players. The players are Adam Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, Lance Armstrong, and Lewis Armstrong. The person with the higher undergrad GPA picks first, snake draft style. Who would you name? What would you name your team and who wins? Um, so my undergrad GPA was like a 3.5, I think. Maybe it was like a 3.45. It's something in that range. I don't know. Uh, so that's out there in the world for people to see. Um... This is, a snake draft is really tough with one person. It is really tough. But I'm going to pretend like I'm Greg. And I don't know what Greg's GPA was. But I'm going to say that it was lower than mine. So um, I'll start. I'm going to go with Lance Armstrong. Because Lance Armstrong um, has that desire to win. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, and he has that heart and that determination uh, that you would expect from a, a true competitor. Uh, he may cheat by blood doping, but that's what you need. You want that perseverance. You want that guy that's going to go the extra mile to get you the win. Um, and I'm going to guess that um, Greg is a nerd, so he'll probably go with Adam Armstrong because he likes Newcastle youth players, and Neil Armstrong because he's a nerd and probably believes that we didn't that we did land on the moon, which we obviously didn't. That's stupid. Why would anyone believe that we landed on the moon? It's obviously shot in a studio in L.A. Uh, in, like, 1954 in order to, like, just, like, I don't even, wait, not, when did we land on the moon? That's the thing. No one even knows when we landed on the moon because we didn't. It's all It was all propaganda so that we could prove that we were better than Russia uh, at something. I guess space travel. But, yeah, we're the only people that have gone on the moon supposedly it's like us russia and china and like no one else has isn't that weird like and why haven't we gone back like is there really nothing else we could discover on the moon that it's just weird okay and so that leaves me with lewis armstrong and that means i'm calling my team uh let's see two dope kings which is a playoff of the podcast two dope queens and also refers to the fact that one lance armstrong blood doped and two louis armstrong uh did a lot of drugs as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Probably. I mean, I think all jazz artists, like in like the early 20th century, did a lot of drugs. Mainly Miles Davis, but I think ever all of them did like cocaine. And they at least smoked weed. So two dope kings works as well. Um, yeah, I don't even know what this te- the <laughs> like the team is for. It's just a team. So cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that's all we got for you. That's all I got for you today. Um, as always, 
Give us a follow on the socials at CHN underscore radio and at CHNNUFC on Twitter. Uh, be sure to leave us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, download this podcast. And, of course, do not forget to leave that review. So rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. Let us know if you want to see anything different. Suggest some segments. And if you want to do that but you don't want to do it in public, you can go ahead and shoot us an email at CHNRadio at NUFC. No. Oh, jeez, I messed that one up. You can shoot us an email at chnradionufc at gmail.com. Of course, uh, if you have feedback, just tweet hashtag chnradio, chnradio, or tweet directly at us, or just tweet at me, at Elijah underscore Newsom, or at Greg. I think his is like Greg underscore NUFC. I don't know. Um, but, like, it were really easy to reach, and we will respond to you. So, um, yeah, tweet at us. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on social media. Follow me on Instagram. Friend me on Facebook. <laughs> Just type in Elijah Newsom. You already know, baby. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Um, and without further ado, <laughs> oh, wait a lot. Oh, no, no, no. 